Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode and the next several episodes, we're going to go more in-depth with some of our sidewalk training. So we hope this will be a blessing to you. Stay tuned. Send me, Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, appreciate if you guys would leave us some good reviews on whatever podcast platform that you use. We've got a lot of reviews. We've shared some of those in the past. Unfortunately, a lot of those reviews are bad reviews from our pro abortion friends mm. who don't like what we do. And so uh, I think it'd be great if we could counteract those with some good reviews. It would be. And, uh, you know, get the. Get it from one star or like half a star, I think, maybe at this point to mm. at least two stars or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. It'd be nice. Be nice to know that we're loved and that you guys appreciate what we do. So please leave us a review. Um, and at the end of this episode, as all of our other episodes, we give our um, email address so you can reach out to us with questions you might have about this podcast or encouragement that you want to give or um, suggestions that you have for other podcasts. But what we've thought to do in um, a couple of episodes of the podcast is to go through our training. So we do monthly. I want to mention this to you guys who are maybe praying about getting involved or maybe you've been involved on the sidewalk at your abortion center, but you want some training, some more training. Um, if you already volunteer under Love Life or if you're one of our sidewalk missionaries, um, you know, you've already been trained under this training, but... For those who haven't, we do a monthly training, what we call our Sidewalk Outreach 101 training. We do it the first Saturday of every month. We do it over Zoom from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And in order for you to get plugged into that training, what you'd have to do is you'd have to fill out one of our applications, our Sidewalk Outreach application. I'll look over that application, maybe ask some qualifying questions. If I don't see any red flags or anything like that, I'll put you in the hopper to get an invitation to that training. That wouldn't necessarily mean that you're a part of Love Life if you go through that training. You may already be a part of Love Life, um, but at least you'd be getting some training from Love Life, some training from Vicky and myself. And so if you want to get involved in that, um, please just reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org, and I'll send you along the appropriate information for you to get in that training. Again, we do it once a month, the first Saturday of every month. And we'd encourage everyone who uh, who wants to get involved in sidewalk outreach to to be under that training. Vicky and I have a little bit of experience in this world of sidewalk outreach, and we think we have something we can impart to you. And we're actually going through this next couple of episodes, and we'll maybe put some other episodes in between as we go through. But I thought we should go through that training and maybe expound a little bit on some of the points that we make through that training mm-hmm. to help further equip people who've gone through that training or have not yet and to spur those who have not yet gone through that training to go through that training because it would be very helpful for you. Yeah, because the training is a lot of information all at once. So we were thinking maybe just break it down and be able to spend a little bit more time on each area for those who wanted a little bit more meat in just our our basic points that we make in the training. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really what this podcast is about. This podcast is about training and equipping people to be an effective witness at their local abortion center. Right. That's what this mm. podcast is about. We do other things. We've talked about other subjects that maybe are not directly associated 
with sidewalk outreach. Mm-hmm. But most of what we do is associated with sidewalk outreach. And all of what we do is uh, from a biblical perspective and I think can be applied in some capacity on the sidewalk. Right. So with that, the format for our training is my favorite format for anything because I like to know the ins and outs, the why, what, and how of anything that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And so the format of the training is a what, why, and how. And I say always the how is the meat. And right now we're going to start with the what, what sidewalk outreach is mm-hmm. and kind of break down. We're going through again through our training or 101 sidewalk outreach 101 training and just kind of expounding on the slide. So if you've been in that training, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you'll maybe even remember some of the slides as we went through. Um, but again, so we do a what, why, and how, trying to lay a foundation of what is sidewalk outreach. And one of the things that I often like to say is, for me, it's helpful to understand if I want to know what something is, mm-hmm. it's helpful for me to understand what that thing is not. Yeah. So we always say, and we did a whole episode about this uh, months and months ago, about how sidewalk outreach is not protesting mm-hmm. and what's the difference. You remember doing that episode? Yeah. 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 And so we kind of broke down, again, not that protesting is bad or anything like that, because I don't think that protesting is bad. We should protest things that are evil. We should protest abortion. It's right. just not what sidewalk outreach is at an abortion center. Yeah. And even though there are people that do protest at the abortion centers, I think to me, it's not the best scenario. It's not the best use of our time to be out there on the sidewalk in kind of a typical protest stance. It's also got a lot of negative connotations, I think. There's yeah. a, there are a lot of people who really say, I don't want to be involved with those people that are, you know, j- screaming at, at, at everybody and holding signs that are saying how terrible abortion is and all yeah. that. All yeah. that so. so what sidewalk outreach is, well, first and foremost, it's not protesting and mm-hmm. it's not harassment, even yeah. though we're told that we're harassers and we're harassing the women. We're not doing that, mm-hmm. right? We're there bringing the hope of the gospel and the help of the local church. That's what we say. Yeah. So first and foremost, when we're talking about sidewalk outreach, and again, this is a foundation for our training, what it is, well, it, it's not harassment and it's not a protest. Again, mm-hmm. not that protesting is bad. It's just not what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, but really getting into the the depth of what we're doing, really getting into what sidewalk outreach is. Mm-hmm. Um. We always like to say sidewalk outreach is first and foremost, it's it's biblical, right? right. So we say it's biblical and also it's effective. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we have to understand that um, effectiveness is not is for the Christian is not really the highest gauge of why we do what we do and, and, and what we actually are called to do. Right? We should we want to be effective. We want to bear fruit. We're supposed to bear fruit as Christians. Yeah. But the effectiveness and the mindset of the world of what's effective and the mindset of the Christian of what's effective can be two different things. Yeah, uh, Effectiveness as a Christian is first obeying God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can almost say in one sense, like Jesus was not very effective mm-hmm. because the 12 men that he raised up abandoned him at his deepest hour of need, right? He, they did. he wasn't very effective in the eyes of the world as far as leadership goes and Raising up a group. Now, ultimately, I mean, obviously. he died. He, yeah, right. He was killed. <laughs> that doesn't look very effective at first glance, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so doesn't, I'm, I don't say that to say that we shouldn't be effective when we mm-hmm. shouldn't seek to be effective. And I think there are certain methods and things that we can employ in a biblical uh, framework that can be effective. And I think our methods are effective. I know that they are. Um, but again, first and foremost, it has to be is what we're doing 
biblical. So talk a little bit about the biblical nature of sidewalk outreach. Yeah. Well, there are so many verses that that would support what we do out there. And we have two that are, I think, probably are kind of our mantras, the the verses that really guide us yeah. uh, the most. And uh, one of those is Proverbs 31, 8, 8 through 9. And so that speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Speak for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Yeah. So that's truly a call to action. It's saying that we're to speak for those who can't speak and for those who are vulnerable. We're to defend their rights and for the poor and the needy. And what a beautiful, in my opinion, and I think ours, Love Life's, um, this is a beautiful description of the unborn. Yeah. The unborn can't speak. They can't run away. Their rights are definitely being violated. The most basic right of all, the right the right to life. Um, they are in great need for an advocate. So that's one of our guiding verses that yeah. we are to speak. And um, and in that also, one of I think one of the really important parts of that verse is speak up and judge. Fairly, yeah. and I think we did a whole podcast on on judging because yeah. Christians are we hear all the time. Well, you shouldn't judge, but that's not accurate at all. No, not biblically. Yeah, the Bible right. says that the righteous man judges all things. Yeah, yeah, and we judge with not our righteousness, but with the righteousness of Christ. Yeah, and where do we find that? Well, it's within everyone who has. You know, called upon Lord as their Lord and the, Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it's the righteousness of God. And but you can find it in the Bible, in the yeah. words of Scripture. It tells us what is righteous yeah. and what is wrong. And if we, who are called to be salt and light, cannot judge right from wrong, then how are we supposed to be salt and light to the world? Yeah. So that's really a significant part of that. We are to judge. We are to judge, though, fairly and righteously. The the I think in the NIV it says uh, judge righteously. Yeah. Yeah. So. One of the things you could say is, are we called to judge? Yes. We're mm-hmm. called to judge, mm-hmm. but we're not called to be judgmental. Yeah. There's a difference there. Yeah. We're judging. When you judge, you make assessments mm-hmm. of behavior. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at abortion and the action of abortion— you should judge that as a Christian as wrong. Mm-hmm. And those who are involved in it, you should judge as being in the wrong, right? That's right. But being judgmental is just writing those people off. Being judgmental uh, is from the perspective of I'm better than they are. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, and even some of the folks that maybe you're listening now, some of the folks that are involved in Love Life, you yourself personally, and uh, folks that we know closely have been involved in an abortion themselves. Yeah. And so we have no right to say that we're better than they are. Now, by God's grace, our hearts have been changed. Mm-hmm. And by the Holy Spirit, we're better in the sense that our actions are different because we've mm-hmm. been changed. But it's not our own wisdom and grace that's done that. It's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. Right. And and with that understanding of God as as he has taught us, as he has entered our life, we, under, we can judge that what we did yeah. in being involved in abortion— was wrong. It was evil. It was rebellion from God. And we can speak that. 
Yeah. You can tell others yeah. that. So, and we speak from a perspective of, again, not being judgmental, but mm-hmm. judging behavior that it's wrong, that it's mm-hmm. sinful, that it's destructive. Mm-hmm. And out of a love for God and a love for people, we got to warn. We got to make a judgment and warn that what's happening inside of those abortion clinics is is sinful and it's wrong. It's yeah. the, the picture that I have in my mind is, and I think I've given it maybe on this podcast, I've certainly given it on the sidewalk when people say you shouldn't be judgmental, is one, you know, if you're if you're standing on a roadside and there's a bridge out ahead and you know that the bridge is out ahead and someone comes speeding towards you in a vehicle and they're going to go down that road where the bridge is out ahead, if you start waving your arms and yelling and saying, don't go that way, you're going to fall off the brink that's there because the bridge is out ahead. Yeah. Are you making a judgment? Yeah. Yeah, You are actually making a judgment. You're making a judgment that they're headed really fast toward a place that they don't want to go, that they need to stop, Mm -hmm. right? And you might even raise your hands and you might even raise your voice. Mm -hmm. You're not being judgmental, but you're you're making a judgment. And the the motivation is, and this this can be the difference between making a judgment and being judgmental. Being judgmental and the motivation is tear others down to build yourself up. Making a judgment, an assessment of behavior, is to point out a truth so that others won't be torn down, right? You want to pe- you want to see these moms going into the abortion center. You don't want to see them being torn down by abortion. And yeah. ultimately, under the judgment of God, you want to warn them that the bridge is out ahead. Don't yeah, go that way. Exactly. You're protecting. Your action then is, is protective. Yeah. It, it is not to rip apart or to condemn. We're not condemning yeah. in the judgment. I, I love the word warning. We're warning you are going down a dangerous and destructive path, um, not only for the baby, which is quite clear, yeah. but it is a dangerous and destructive path yeah. for, the, for the mother as well. Yeah. So there, there's clearly a, a call to speak, a biblical call to speak, a Absolutely. biblical call to judge rightly and to defend those those yeah. babies through your speech. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where prayer is great. We've said that so many times. Prayer is great. It's essential. It's critical. But we do believe we're called to do more than that. Yeah. That that the Bible is a call to action. Absolutely. Not only prayer, important yeah. as prayer is. And the second um, verse that I think is one of our kind of our guiding. Uh, principles is Proverbs twenty four eleven and twelve. I think is also on it. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering to the slaughter. And then it goes on. That's the call to action. Yeah. That we are to rescue, and that we're to hold back those even that are st- struggling towards the slaughter. But in verse twelve, it says, "If you say, but we knew nothing about this." Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? So that's um, first the call to action, what we should do, and then saying, now you know. Basically, it's written now that it's in the word. Now you know. You know what God says that we are called to do. You know what's happening out at the abortion centers because there are people standing in front of the abortion centers telling you and to now claim ignorance that is not okay. God yeah. God says you can't pretend that you don't know just yeah. by saying we knew nothing about this. You do know. And if you know, God sees that you know. And it says in this verse, he, um, he's going to weigh yeah. your heart. 
He, he weighs your heart. He knows. You knew that today there were 43 babies killed at yeah, the abortion wow. center. That Well, 43 that showed up. Praise God, four, chose, four of the moms chose life. But um, I think it was 45. I'm sorry. 45 in one abortion center out of four in one city. Yeah. And for us to then... S- say that we don't know that babies are being slaughtered there, and now that we do know that we're doing nothing about it, God yeah. doesn't give us a pass there. We can't plead. The American church Mm-mm. cannot plead ignorance on the issue of abortion. Yeah. And we the, and, know. We know that this is happening. We know the slaughter is taking place yeah. in our cities. Yeah. And so does not he who weighs the hearts know it? Doesn't he know that we know? Yeah. He does. Yeah. And so that's why it's our responsibility. Now, we know that not everyone can be on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be out there on a regular basis for whatever reason. Yeah. But everybody can do something. And mm-hmm. that's why we're calling as a ministry. Love Life nationally is calling the Church of Jesus Christ to rise up to do something about the issue of abortion because we've been silent too long. We have, and, and there will be repayment. That's the end of that verse. Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? Every one of us is culpable. Every one of us is responsible in in, um, what we've done uh, on this issue. So those are huge calls to action. And that's why we're standing there. That's why we're not home just praying in our living room. Yeah. The, and I don't ever mean that to sound like just praying. Praying is incredibly important and certainly paves the way. But the the call from God is clearly that we are to also be taking action, especially with the staggering numbers um, and years that this has been going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what have you know? One of the things that I think I heard you say at first, I can't remember, but I say it uh, often out at the sidewalk. Is today there was one kindergarten class in one single facility obliterated? Yeah, a whole kindergarten class, and actually now it's probably two kindergarten classes from today. Yeah, and that's you know when you think about it in those terms that these are little human beings that had a plan and a purpose before God that have been wiped out in just one facility. Yeah, that's a, that's um, staggering We number. must rescue those. We yeah. must rescue. We are, yeah. God says, rescue, hold back those staggering towards the slaughter. Yeah, one of the things that we often say is we do our one-hour journeys, which is a, a one-hour look at the ministry out at the abortion centers, Uh, for pastors, Mm -hmm. mainly that's focused on pastors and ministry leaders. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we say to these pastors is, if you you knew when and where the next school shooting was going to take place, where a shooter was going to show up and kill a kindergarten classroom of children, if you knew when that was going to take place and where it was going to take place, wouldn't you be there? Wouldn't the church be there? Wouldn't we try to do what we could to stop that? And yet that's what's happening at these abortion centers. We know exactly when Mm -hmm. that the killing is going to start. We know where it's going to take place. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't we be there bringing the gospel, pleading with these mothers not to go in there and take the life of their child? Yeah. We've got to be standing in the gap as the church. And so 
Yeah. Again, the sidewalk outreach thing, it's not just some protest. It's not just some political angst that's bound up in our hearts and we've got to just let it out at that place. No, this is a biblical ministry because we are called to give a voice to the voiceless. Mm-hmm. We are called to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. We are called to hold back those who are stumbling toward the slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and in terms of is it biblical, besides those two verses, just think about all the verses that mention the unborn child in yeah. the Bible and the value of human life. And there there's hundreds oh, of yeah. them. I mean, there, you know, but basically it boils down to that every human being is made in the image of God. And therefore, every human be- being from conception bears the image of God yeah. and is loved by God, and God has a plan and a purpose from conception. So um, we are to care about every human being from the moment of conception. Yeah. And this is, which we've said many times, this is the last moment or the last few moments yeah. that these babies are going to be alive. And so we hear all the time, well, why are you out there in such an annoying, harassing manner out on the sidewalk speaking for those babies? Shouldn't you be, you know, stopping them long before they come to that point. But if we think about your analogy with um, the kindergarten class that that is is being shot and it makes national news and everybody w- rushes in to try and rescue them, they don't say, well, wait, no, we should stop those shooters. You know, yeah, it's too bad that those babies are being those children are being slaughtered in the kindergarten. But but let's go you know, work on the mental health programs that that made that that one shooter do what he did. And let's go. Why? That's where we need to put our energy. No one would ever say that. That's ludicrous. You run to the place where someone is being actively slaughtered. Yeah. And you wouldn't have any question of doing that if it was five year olds, six year olds. But we question it with the unborn because we don't know or understand maybe that the Bible is very clear that the unborn is as precious in the sight of God yeah. as the five or the six-year-old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another couple uh, biblical uh, passages, understandings that we have of these babies, again, the Bible is very clear about protecting the innocent. Mm-hmm. The Bible is very clear about giving a voice to the voiceless, mm-hmm. about um, lifting up the oppressed. And yeah. who's more oppressed in society than these unborn children. Yeah. I mean, it's well said that the the womb is the most dangerous place in the United States of America right now. Such if, a terrible irony. The yeah. womb that was so perfectly designed by God to be the perfect place of protection, and it no longer is yeah. a safe place. Yeah, the statistics are what we call the tragic truth when we're talking to pastors. Yeah. Is that every week in the United States of America, about 17,000 babies die. Every, every week, week in wow. the United States, every yeah. week. Wow. And uh, it, that, that's like, that, that should weigh heavy on us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, pastors need to understand this. And if that's true, and it is true, and these, these children are precious in the sight of God, then these passages that apply to giving a voice for the voices, to helping the oppressed, to hold back those who are stumbling toward the, stra- the slaughter, rescue those who are being led away to death, these apply to the unborn. And there's a passage in Luke chapter 10 that we share all the time yeah. where it talks about, of course, the parable of Good Samaritan. And the man asked Jesus, uh, 
you know, who is his neighbor? Who's who's my neighbor? Jesus. And then Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is in um, Luke chapter 10. I don't have to go over it for many of you guys. You probably read this, maybe even memorized this. Um, Jesus talks about how this man who went from, who was going from Jerusalem to Jericho was beaten by thieves, left naked and half dead in the ditch. And the religious people pass by on the other side, the priest and the Levite, they see the man, but they pass by on the other side of the road. But the Samaritan, he looks on the man with compassion and goes to the ditch and, and gets him out of the ditch, cleans off his wounds, puts him on his animal and takes him to an end to provide for his needs. Right. And we equate this with the scenario that we deal with at the abortion center. Except we say there are two in the ditch. There's the mom who's believed the lies of the enemy and mm-hmm. through her sin got herself wrapped up in a situation she didn't account for. Mm-hmm. And she's there to take the life of her baby. She's in a ditch. Mm-hmm. But that baby even more so is in a ditch, right? That baby is going to be left dead inside of that place. Right. And so we as Christians, if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, and, and that's really the key to this, what Jesus is talking about is loving our neighbor as ourselves. He was dealing with some religious uh people, mm-hmm. religious hypocrites, really, mm-hmm. who touted about their goodness and their good works and all the sacrifices they gave and the tithe and stuff that they gave, and yet they wouldn't even go and help their neighbor who was in a difficult spot. They're willing to give tithe as long as they could be recognized for the tithe that they'd given. Yeah. And that's for many Christians. Listen, yeah. I, I don't want to I want to preach too much, but many Christians, you know, they attend church, they sing in the worship team, they they teach Sunday school, and in reality, if you boil it down, why they do it, the motivation is to be seen. Mm-hmm. And on a sidewalk, I mean, you might get seen, but I'm going to tell you, it's not the best place to be. You're not getting a lot of hand claps on the sidewalk at an abortion center. Yeah, You get a lot of rejection yeah. from people, from from even believers that yeah. think you're crazy for being out there. That's That's a little bit of a rabbit trail. The point here is we're called to love our neighbor even when it don't look good to other people. We're called to love our neighbor to go to the ditches. That Samaritan went to the ditch. And he loved his neighbor as himself. If you were left half dead and naked in a ditch, wouldn't you want someone to come to you rather than passing by on the other side of the road? Yeah. And and he was a Samaritan who was the enemy of the Jews. Yeah. So here's a Jewish man in the ditch, and he's a Samaritan, and he was willing to help his enemy because the enemy was in need. Yeah. Saw the need and and helped him, and so we're we're called to, we we may not like any of the reasons for why they're there, and feel that they are um, um, maybe very selfish and maybe very sinful people, but we are called to help them. Yeah, and, absolutely, and hopefully then lead them to a a much better understanding of God, so that ultimately they'll never be back in that yeah. in that ditch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, another um, story that Jesus gives, mm-hmm. and it's really just a picture of the last days, mm-hmm. is in Matthew chapter 25. So we're talking mm-hmm. about how sidewalk outreach is biblical, being at an abortion center right. with the grace of God and the love of God, bringing the gospel, bringing the hope of the gospel and the help of the local church to the people going into the abortion center. Another passage that comes to mind that shows me this is like, this is biblical, and we're motivated by what the Bible says. Um, comes out of Matthew chapter 25, and this mm-hmm. is Jesus talking in verse 31, Matthew 25, 31. And it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory with all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. 
And uh, he goes on to say, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer, and I'll just sum up. They'll say, well, when did we do all these things? And he says, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it for me. So if you clothe the, clothe the least of these, if you gave a voice to the voiceless, mm-hmm. it's like you identified or it's like you did it for me because Jesus himself identifies with the oppressed in society. The marginalized. The marginalized, yeah. the oppressed, yeah. those who society cares nothing about. Right. And it's funny that the social justice folks have – uh, has really capitalized on this mm-hmm. and really jumped on this as far as like, you know, some of the other stuff that's out there and just kind of twisted mm-hmm. all of this around. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly we should um, look out for the oppressed in society, right? We we should. Right. But if we ignore because of some political motivation or whatever, the most oppressed, and we're mm-hmm. talking about these babies who literally cannot give themselves a voice, who have literally as society been tagged as non-human expendable expendable property yep. you know yep. you look at the way that that roe v wade viewed the unborn it was mm-hmm. somehow this this unborn child was property of the mother yep yep if we're talking social justice mm-hmm. and we want to push for show, social justice and yet we neglect that we neglect that group of people these unborn children we're missing the point we're missing really what jesus said here right and as the church um We've really got to champion this stuff. Yeah, we do. Because, I mean, think about who are the most vulnerable among us. And I can't think of any people group more vulnerable than an unborn child. They're just, they cannot flee. They can't speak. They can't flee. And, And so they are the least of us to the nth degree. Yeah, And Jesus is clear. We, uh, when we protect and do for the least of us, we do for Jesus. Yeah. Now, he goes on to say mm-hmm. um, to those whom he judges. Yeah. He says, when I was naked, you didn't clothe mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. Mm-hmm. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me water. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, when did we see you in such a state and we didn't meet your needs? I'm paraphrasing again. Right. And he says, whatever you've not done. For the least of these, mm-hmm. you've not done it for me. Again, yeah. Jesus identifying himself with the marginalized. And who is more marginalized yeah. yep. in our society yeah. than the unborn? Yeah. And so as believers in Jesus, now we don't believe in a workspace salvation. I don't believe that if you go out to an abortion center, that somehow that makes you saved. But it certainly is. And again, I don't want to just say abortion center ministry. There's all kinds of other ministries that people can be involved in. And there's all kinds of ways to be involved in this ministry. Everybody can do something. As believers in Jesus, though, when there's a marginalized group of people mm-hmm. and we're refusing to do anything for them, mm-hmm. we have to ask ourselves, is this a manifestation that my heart is not right with mm-hmm. God? Yeah, because I, if I love him, I'll do what he says. Yeah. And he says... Go yeah. and, and, and care for those who cannot care for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like um, doing these things makes you a Christian, but it certainly was. It's like the, the, the fruit doesn't make the tree what it is. The right. fruit is a natural outflow of the tree's yeah. being of what it actually is. And so as a believer in Jesus, we see those marginalized in society. Yeah. And we find ourselves doing nothing to give them a voice, nothing to help them. 
then we need to assess our own hearts. Yeah. You know, Paul says, I believe it's First Corinthians, First or Second Corinthians. He says, "Examine yourself and see if you are in the faith." Mm-hmm. We need to make a serious examination of ourselves. The modern church needs to make a serious examination of herself of whether or not we're even walking in the biblical framework of Christianity. That's that's for sure, and I think it can also be applied to um, as we're out there speaking and judging righteously. Part of that is that uh, being able to tell the women that are showing up for an abortion, if you're claiming to love God, if your faith is a true saving faith, then you should be obeying, you should be doing what he tells you to do, which includes thou shalt not murder, but to protect the vulnerable. And um, and so we can and should be saying that to them as well. And I like what you said. It's not that that proves they are or are not a Christian. But if you love God, you will do what he say, says. And I think it's a, an important warning to them. If you love him, do what he says, Yeah, especially in this area. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to jump into, just to finish this episode up, I think we've really majored on the important thing, which is talking about sidewalk outreach being biblical. Hopefully we've shared a biblical framework with you guys. There's many other scriptures that we can share, uh, but we're not going to labor that point. It's biblical to be out there at that place of death. Yeah. Um, And so let's just talk a little bit about the effectiveness of it. Is it effective to be on the sidewalk in front of an abortion center? And I think you can speak to that as far as your experience and what really drew you out to the sidewalk? Yeah, well, I I came to the sidewalk because I had had an abortion. I was post-abortive, and uh, I was friends with someone on Facebook, Lisa Metzger, who was reporting every day about all these saves, these saved babies. And I could not believe it. And I think that my experience is true of many people that they just, they feel that most people's minds are made up when they show up at an abortion center. That was what I believe to be the truth. And that is so far from the truth. There is so much conflict out there. So reading on social media, Um, She was just a Facebook friend reading about all these number of women who had changed their mind because people showed up really impacted me and and made me feel not only because of my history, but because of what I was seeing. I heard it was effective. And that's what the value, I think, of of pointing out that it is effective is there are people like me who would have remained on the sideline because I thought it was useless. Why put my time? I loved the Lord, but why put my time and energy into something that, first of all, I did? I really didn't understand the calling, yeah. the universal calling, but I also didn't, I didn't understand it was effective. Yeah. I needed to know that for me to go out to the sidewalk. And I think my idea of what effectiveness means has changed a little bit, but at, at that time, it was tangible proof that babies are saved because we're out there. And I have some statistics yeah, that, that I, I, w- I want to share with you. Um, one of them I think we've shared before um, on on former or previous podcasts, Planned Parenthood told Abby Johnson, who was then a manager at Planned Parenthood, that when pro-life people just show up to the sidewalk, the no-show rate for abortion increases by 70%. And that's that's a pretty huge percentage yeah. of people who decide not to to come maybe even come and have the abortion because there's 
pro-life people simply on the sidewalk. Yeah. Um, abortion rates in the past decade have decreased. Now, this is hard to find the statistics. Sure. And I, can't, I couldn't even find more um, recent ones. But the ones that I did find, and they're from the Guttmacher Institute, which is kind of an arm of the abortion industry. Yeah. However, they have reported that abortion rates fell by 19% from 2011 to 2017. And so the pro-abortion movement says this might be because of increased restrictions on abortion, although actually they don't like to admit that. So they say maybe not that. Then they say maybe birth control. But if you review, and I won't go into it, our podcast last time on birth control, well, birth control actually has increased uh, abortion rates as opposed to decreased it, the, the research shows. So what maybe has caused that decrease in abortion? Us. Yeah. I think it's the pro-life people that are yeah. showing up in greater numbers on the sidewalks of the abortion centers yeah. and um, and speaking for life. So we we have found in, in our city alone, it through starting with Cities for Life, now Love Life, over 5,000 people have changed their mind yeah. and chosen life. It's amazing. Today, four did yeah um in just this one four that we know of yeah there may have been more and our afternoon team is still out there we may hear about more um even from today and something like 90 this uh this year alone just at this our single city so those are those are good numbers those are yeah. babies that would have been dead yeah that yeah. instead are living and breathing and um, and have a future, yeah. a hope in a future, which the Bible promises them. So clearly the, yeah, the I, numbers. I believe the number for so far this year, mm-hmm. um, Chrissy, who keeps up with the numbers for right. us, uh, yeah. texts me every Saturday and gives, us kind of, gives me an update of how many babies have been saved and uh, kind of gives me a total for the year. And uh, so it's up to like. 89 babies that That's have been saved so far yeah. this year. Yeah. And then if you add to that. 93 before, then. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. it's amazing. And again, yeah. we're talking about individual lives that have been spared from death. We're talking about women who were right at the moment before they were going to take the, the life of their baby. Their heart was turned. Yeah. And they chose life for their baby. That's and, amazing. And so many have told us, if you hadn't been there, my baby wouldn't be here. Yeah. And knowing that, how could we not continue to show up? So clearly it's effective. But like I said, kind of my my um, understanding of what it means, effectiveness, yeah. has shifted a little bit. I love to see babies saved and yeah. to see the tangible fruit of our obedience. But as you alluded to earlier, it is our obedience. Yeah. We, we can't force someone to change their mind or their heart. We're not responsible for the the conviction that happens in their heart. Yeah. That's God's work. Yeah. But we are called to be there. And then some of the verses that that I um looked up while I was thinking about this podcast is we are also called to sow seeds. But the effectiveness, God promises us. He says his word never returns void. And and in Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. 
Yeah. So know that if we're sowing those seeds, there will be a harvest. There will be reaping. And I love in Psalm 126, verses five to six, it says, he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing. That feels like me sometimes for all of us on Sidewalk yeah. Ministry. We do weep. It is so grievous, but we are sowing the seed, sometimes weeping. But listen to the end of that verse, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. We'll come home, home being the ultimate home, in my opinion, and yeah. to, to God himself, bringing these sheaves, the harvest of those seeds that we planted. So we may not see it now. We may not see it in this life. But there are sheaves that we're going to be carrying with us when we come before Jesus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you mentioned, um, in starting this podcast, I talked about effectiveness. And mm-hmm. um, effectiveness is not gauged by the numbers, even though uh, we're not wrong in keeping track of numbers and glorying in the numbers. We often say right. we, we don't take responsibility for the victories, mm-hmm. and so we don't take responsibility for the apparent defeats. Right. But we do glory in the victories that God lets us see, and it's all by His grace anyway. It's all Him doing the work. He's doing the changing of the hearts. When a baby is saved, God is doing the saving. And, of course, brings to mind a scripture that that many of you guys well know in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. uh, Paul is talking about about Apollos and Paul and the work that they've done. People were kind of clinging to one or the other. Yeah. And uh, Paul says in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Increase. Mm-hmm. God gives the increase. Yeah. God is the one that changes the hearts. And so we're out there in our um, effectiveness is gauged in whether or not we're planting or watering. Yeah. And really, we can't get the cart before the horse. Like the effectiveness is not the most important. No, what are you what are you planting? And what are you using to water? Are you planting the seeds of the gospel? Are you watering it with the truth of God's word? God's gonna honor that. Mm-hmm. And we always make those two promises that if you mm-hmm. commit to go out to the sidewalk, God will use you to save babies. Babies will be saved. That's a promise I can give you, and I give you that based on God's word, based on this watering and sowing principle, that there's right. going to be an increase. God gives the increase. You don't, but God does. Yeah. But some of those babies that are saved, you might not find out about until you stand before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And your presence, just you standing there, you offering help, you proclaiming the gospel, you holding up a sign, whatever it might be, God's going to use it. And you might see in eternity a baby that was saved because of your efforts that were there. You yeah. might be able to see it now. God might allow you. Like yeah. we we're able to see today. Yeah. Moms that said they chose life. Praise yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Either way, God is doing the increasing, all right? God is the one that's ultimately yeah. changing the hearts. Yeah. Um, and so just again, understanding our our victory is in obedience and obeying the Lord and being faithful. So the two promises are God will use you to save babies. And also, there's victory in the fact that you're gonna grow spiritually. If you go out mm-hmm. to the sidewalk, that's our second promise. First, God will use you to say, baby, second, you will grow spiritually. You will yeah. grow in ways you would not otherwise grow because of you're, you're in the battle. You're on the front lines of the front lines of this battle between light and darkness. And that also itself is effective in making you more like Jesus, yeah. right? 
And so, yes, sidewalk outreach is biblical. Yes, it's effective. Go out, do what God's called you to do. Step into this biblical ministry. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, God's going to do amazing things through you. And so we're going to wrap this up. Again, th- these next couple of podcasts that we do are going to be focused on training and further training based on our sidewalk outreach training. If you want to get um, connected with us to receive our sidewalk outreach training, we do it live on Zoom the first Saturday of every month. We do it from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. What I'll do is I'll shoot over to you our application. It's our sidewalk outreach application. We want to make sure just um, want to know who you are. We want to have some kind of connection to you. It doesn't necessarily mean you're part of Love Life when you do this this training, um, but we want to make sure we're training people that you know are in line with the spirit of the ministry, mm-hmm. which is the gospel, um, that are going to be coming on our training. So if you want to get plugged into that, Daniel at lovelife.org, and I'll get you the appropriate information that you need. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to her, Vicky at lovelife.org. You can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org, for any suggestions for future podcasts and things like that. We'd love to hear feedback on this podcast, on the other episodes that we've done. So until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you